Hello and welcome this week to Talking Flutes with me, Jean-Paul Wright. Before we begin, a massive shout out to our fabulous Talking Flutes podcast sponsors based just outside of London, TJ Flutes. Please show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes or Facebook at Trevor James Flutes. Today, I'm taking the opportunity to look back at one of my favourite podcasts recorded in 2020. But before we do... Let's listen to a short piece performed in his hotel room to the camera one night in 2007 called Hotel Craziness. Yes, you've guessed it. It's my good friend and stunning musician whose YouTube views are in the multiple of millions, Greg Patillo. I hear you, man. It's nice to be here. How are you doing? I am very... Do you know it's been a long time since we saw each other, wasn't hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. One of them conventions, if I recall correctly. Oh, one of those little fluty convention thingy-bobs, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we... I heard you, you gave a nice talk there, actually. very. You had a very uplifting talk. I, I, I liked it a lot. Oh, you are very sweet. We've known each other years, haven't we? Yeah, we have, <laughs> since about 2007, right after those videos came out. Yeah, so, do you know, it makes me feel old, because you were still a young whippersnapper then. That's right, that's right. And as for, monetiz- so, yeah. and as for monetization, oh dear, you missed a trick there, didn't you? you I did. You should have published them 10 years later. You know, I was in front of a classroom of middle school kids the other day, and they couldn't even believe that there used to be no ads on YouTube. <laughs> uh, like they had no idea, uh, and it was it was it was really funny. But uh, you know, it, monetization aside, these videos have given me a career and a platform to go out there talking about the flute, talking about crazy ways to play the flute. And frankly, I'm trying to inspire others to copy me, to copycat me. I think uh, these beatbox stylings on the flute are awesome. Uh, and they get great responses from audiences. So look, I'm, I'm so pleased I'm out there and I have a, a career from which to play my flute. It's a good thing. And that's always been your mantra, hasn't it? I mean, if anybody meets you, you're a very gentle, very self-effacing guy for someone that is very in your face when you're playing. You, you, have, a, like <laughs> a, you have like a stage persona compared to the, Greg, the real Greg that everybody knows. 
that's right. Uh, I'm. Uh, that's right. That you're absolutely right. I'm pretty active on the stage, but pretty laid back in real life. Uh, extremely laid back, vertical. I think anyone who knows you would probably say. <laughs> but you're also incredibly encouraging to those who really want to do what you do and have done. And you're very keen to inspire this, well, whatever generation is around at any time, to actually take that up. Because the creating the percussive noises, all those that you do, because when we met, you didn't have that many, did you, compared to what you have no, now? No, I didn't. No, you're right. Uh, those first videos you mentioned, I only used three or four sounds. And now I have, I don't know, there's maybe 50 sounds I use. Wow. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on that later for people, shall we? Yeah. Right, Greg, we did a podcast uh, probably, oh, crikey, well over a year ago. And I'd imagine that's quite a long way down on the podcasting list. So for those who didn't or haven't actually caught up with that, tell us how it all started. As in, not, oh. the, not the flute playing Greg, but the yeah. how, how the beatboxing started. Because a lot of people won't know that you're a principal <clears throat> flute sure. player in an orchestra once. Uh, yeah, well, acting principal. <laughs> oh, but, uh, <laughs> oh, that's semantics. We've got to get it right, man. Monsieur Patillo, you know, so, the semantics. Yeah, you know, growing up, I found the flute in the fourth grade, and I got into conservatory and made a whole go with kind of the orchestral version of classical flute playing. And I did. I briefly got a job for a summer in Guangzhou in China. This is the acting principal flute player there in their symphony. And that was amazing. And I am fully in love with the rep. I wish I could be an orchestral flute player. Unfortunately, you can't just bop down to your local orchestra and sit in for the week. You know, it's a little, uh, it's a little bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, kind of after I got out of school and I, was, I decided to, to move to a bigger city, I moved to California and I, I couldn't find any way I couldn't find any way to make any money playing and I couldn't find any friends that would give me jobs or anything. And so I was trying to reinvent my flute playing just so that the people I was eating would care to listen. And I found these really rhythmic and percussive ways of playing and I turned it into beatboxing and playing the flute at the same time. And I, I taught myself how to beatbox just by being around other beatboxers. And then I sat around and practiced and I had a performance space weekly that I was trying these ideas out with. And I moved to New York a couple years after this and still had no resources for getting paid to do this. But I was playing in the subway and I had a whole subway set, which I recorded and put on YouTube and boom, I got kind of overnight, I got all this success on YouTube. And so since 2007, I've been a professional flute player and I tried my whole life to be a professional flute player and I always thought it would be classical. And now I'm, well, whatever this is. I do classical music too and jazz. I'm really into improvisation but kind of the sound that I'm known for is these really percussive techniques, the, the beatboxing on the flute. They are. And I remember when we brought you over to the UK, crikey. I do. Early 2010s, I suppose. You, we, you did a class, master class, at the prestigious Guildhall School of Music in London. <laughs> and I remember yeah. they were all want, expecting you just to play beatbox. But you yeah. started off beatbox and then you just went off and just said that the world isn't about beatboxing. You start, you play bluegrass, you play jazz. And then That's you right. actually showed that even a tuba player can beatbox because you, <laughs> you picked up a tuba and started doing I it. Did. That's right. I remember that. That was hilarious. 
But I, for me, uh, when I first heard you or saw you on those original videos, you expanded the flute playing repertoire for me just overnight. You thought, yes, not only can you play video game music, but you can do something else which brings a completely different visual and audio sound with it, which sort of, it got people thinking, didn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, you know, a lot of people out there expanding on the flute. Flute is arguably one of the oldest instruments known to humanity. Uh, and it's crazy that people can still find different ways to, to play these instruments. Uh, and a lot of my, you know, my inspirations hasn't always come from flute players. It comes from electric guitarists. I grew up in the 90s. So that's what they call now the golden age of hip hop, mm -hmm. listening to hip hop, yep. people who could beatbox. And, uh, you know, I, I've always been inspired by the music around me. And then I'd go and I'd play my Poulonk or my flute recital and get kind of lukewarm response. Maybe that was my <laughs> fault. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I just didn't step my game up right. But, but um, you know, I'm, I'm really into getting the crowd going and moving. Uh, and, and I found it, the, the beatboxing stuff really works. But also, once you have the people sitting in the room, you can throw a huge range of styles at people because these instruments are capable of so many different types of music and yeah you beatbox a little bit but why not slip in some bach you know what i'm saying he wrote some pretty righteous flute music too yeah and i mean i would i would struggle to find any contemporary flute music that's being performed now at these conventions that doesn't have beatboxing or an element of beatbox in it it seems yeah. to it seems to have interwoven itself in everything yeah. Well, the, the flute traditionally is such a lyrical instrument, but there's so many great rhythmic uh, syncopations and sounds we can get with the instrument. And instead of just taking the breath and keeping the phrase, as you study with classical music, if you weave your breath into the vamps and patterns, you can get these sustaining rhythmic sequences that can go for a really long time. I think it is a novel way to play the flute. I think uh, other composers are catching on with how to write this, some of the easier sounds that they can share with people. And, and I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled people, people are into it. Yeah, and that brings us nicely in to the fact that you've actually, after all these years, notated it and written it down for people to understand, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. And last time we talked to... Uh, uh, I had mentioned I was going to, I was working on this book <laughs> yes. and I didn't know if it would finally come to fruition. I've been working on this book for like a, a decade and finally got it together. Uh, and honestly, one of the hardest parts about the book was wrapping my head around how many sounds I should talk about. And so I've written a method book. Uh, it is volume one, the beatbox flute method book, and it deals with five sounds that anyone can learn to do without the flute and with the flute. And I have how to do the sound, how to do the sounds with the flute, how to do the sounds as vamps, how to improvise with the sounds. I have etudes, I have longer works in the book. Uh, and it's a pretty extensive book. It's 44 pages long. Uh, and it's uh, it's got a lot in there. It's got stuff you could program on your recital. It's got stuff you can mess around with with your friends, and it has ways to kind of get you out of the rut, you know, we call it, when everything you're doing kind of starts to sound the same. Mm -hmm. Well, I got ways to kind of get you out of the rut, too, if you're feeling that with your beatboxing. 
How hard was it for you to actually put all this down? Because anyone who knows you knows that you don't walk quietly. You're always making noises. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You're always making noises. So you've always got different sounds coming out. So how did you choose these five sounds? Uh, well, they're the the basic sounds, and probably most people, if you if you got a pulse and know anything about <laughs> beatboxing, you you've heard Boots Cats. It's like yeah. a it's a pretty ubiquitous thing now, and that uses three of the sounds right there. You know, we have a lip sound, which kind of sounds like a bass drum. That's and we got a cymbal sound, a closed hi hat, and we got a backbeat functions, kind of a rim shot. And so those are three sounds coming from three different parts of the mouth. Uh, And the only other sounds I use are I introduce some inhaled sounds as well. So an inhaled TS cymbal sound and an inhaled uh, K sound. And so these are really fascinating because then you can use the sound as your breath and kind of fold the sound and the breath into what you're playing. It sounds like you never take a breath. And it's been hard to fold these into a book actually, because uh, I think all of these is little set pieces that you can improvise over. If you're doing Boots Cats, you write out Boots Cats, you give a thematic element to it and you can riff on it for 10 minutes. But it turns out not a lot of people think about music that way. And I had to write everything out very simply, but also have it be cool and interesting. Yeah. And that was extremely difficult. And that took the most amount of time. Uh, and so, I, but I, I take a lot of notes. I've been a, a prolific Sibelius user now for over 10 years. Uh, and I have pages and pages and pages of this stuff. Uh, so I was able to to bring it all together in this way. So the, the basic boots and cats, I mean, if yeah. I was to say it in English accent, boots and cats, it doesn't, it, it doesn't give me anything, does it? You have to. No, no, no. no we we, we so have to the, a different we, way. The, the words are a mnemonic device just yeah. so that you can remember it. Okay. And uh, really one of the best places to be beatboxing is when you're walking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, cause everyone's gait gives them a natural rhythm. Yep. Uh, and uh, if you start doing some boots cats, just to remember what's going on with your mouth, you have to focus on each of these sounds to make them sound like other instruments. And that's what beatboxing is, is imitating other instrument sounds. So uh, it, when you do, we don't use the voice. And if you say boots cats, you're using the voice. So instead you have to prop up all these sounds with the plosives in your mouth and you yep. have to spend the time working on each sound. Um, and even Boots Cats already is actually a little bit uh, advanced. The simplest thing you should be working on, the mnemonic book, which is just and barbecue. So book barbecue is a really great framework to be fluting over and trying to figure this stuff out. Adding the symbols as an extra subdivision and even a further subdivision with inhaled symbol sounds as well can get a little uh, hectic, yeah, <laughs> to say we, the least. <laughs> on the barbecue, the yeah, the you, oh, yeah, you, nice one. Uh, it's not really the uh, the bit. How your yeah. your cut is like a real rim shot. How do yeah. you what do you do with your jaw to be able to get that? Um, so the sound rolls through the teeth, and there's two parts to the sound. There's the K articulation, k, k, 
And then after the K, we have to roll air through the teeth, shaped with the tongue, kind of like you're ripping a phone book. Ah. All right. And so then you need a mouth shape that can support the K articulation with this breath afterwards. And so it's less K like kit or key, and it's more K like the words curtain or curry or curtsy. Got yeah. And those are actually C words, you know what I'm saying? And so that's, and you can get a lot of play with the mouth shape. You can get a lot of shapes and you can get a lot of different tones. Uh, and to get it right just takes a little bit of practice. And the bass drum is just literally a. Yeah, that's right. And I can hear what you're doing right here. There's no, uh, there's no H after the lip. So it's not like this. There's no, there's no, there's no that after it. And so, and actually um, to get, to get the B sound and yeah, most traditional flute players are going to understand me here, man. Everyone that's ever taken a private lesson and used sheet music probably has written on their music somewhere, open their throat. Yep. You know, the teachers like to write, open your throat, you know? And it's true actually that you could play the flute with a closed throat. And this is an important thing that I do, but to play classical, uh, well-supported sound, um, you need to open your throat and support from the diaphragm. And in order to do this B sound, you actually have to compress air and have your air uh, managed from the tip of your lips all the way down into your voice box. All of that needs to be uh, accounted for. Uh, and so we need to open the throat and have air pressure in the mouth into the throat that is together. Mm. And if you see, excuse me, if you see me do this, uh, you can see my Adam's apple drop quite a bit to account for all of this air and the openness in my throat. Let me hear you do that sound again, JD. Uh, Come on. Go. <laughs> oh, look, check you out. You Look, you took the H out of it. You, you Look, you already sound better. Uh, that was pretty good. I'm, that sounds slapped, man. I'm, that sounded great. <laughs> I had my finger on my Adam's apple. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That Just, sounds pretty good. That sounds great. Well, for an old bloke, that's not bad, is it? <laughs> so, sounds great. So where can people find this? Where can they get this? Um wonderful oh, tutor oh sorry go on you know well the uh, i'm i sell these books you know this is the day and the age where you got to be an entrepreneur so i'm hawking them you can get them at flute world in the u.s you could get them at uh, carolyn newsbaum's uh, shop uh maybe um i don't know maybe i'll get some in some stores uh, in the uk there as well um, but you could reach out to me and i will actually mail you one yeah. myself well, do you know, Greg? And, uh, do you know, Greg? Yep. I know people are going to be interested in this, so I'm going to get a couple, and I'm going to give them away. So, Greg, oh. how do how do pros, you know, the, as established pros, how do they take to beatboxing? Are they fascinated? Do they ask for tips on how to do it? Are they just naturally curious? Yeah, I get a lot of interesting feedback from professional flute players. Everyone's curious about these techniques. Everyone wants to know if they could do it. And I'm constantly telling people, I did not learn to beatbox on my flute from my amazing college professor. I learned to beatbox <laughs> with my derelict friends, you know? And it's like, the flute playing is really difficult. It's really hard. You could spend your entire life, you know, playing the flute, 
and still feel you have a lot to learn. But a base level of beatboxing, you know, I meet teenagers all the time that blow my mind with beatboxing. They're just kids. You can beatbox while you play video games. Yeah. So you can practice a lot. You know what I'm saying? And uh, everyone's curious about these sounds. And and the hardest part is just hearing what the sounds sound like so you can chip away at it in the practice room and not feel weird that you're doing it wrong. Uh, and, and I've been wrapping my head around this, too. That's actually why it took me a long time to make this book because these sounds should be vibed in person with people, ideally at the party, you know, like if you're bringing your flute to the parties you go to, you're doing it right. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not, you should rethink how you party. <laughs> but, uh, um, I think that, uh, so one important aspect of this book is that I started a Patreon page. Are you hip to the Patreon? Yes, JP? I am. Yeah. I have a Patreon at Greg Patillo and um, what I'm doing with the Patreon for this first year is I'm going through every single bar of the book. And um, so you can hear my thoughts on all the etudes was challenging on the sounds, how to put them together. And then that's where I'm being real responsive. If people have questions, they have videos or they're not sure. I'm on that Patreon every day. I'm looking and I'm trying to interact with people and get people, you know, up to speed because anyone pros or even non pros can be beatboxing on their flute and at least having fun, you know, and there's a low bar, you know, it's not like in order to beatbox on your flute, you have to sound like a million dollars. You can be, you can have very few skills and still beatbox to acclaim on your flute i believe like beginners can beatbox on the flute no problem <laughs> they just can't play the flute very well <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter i mean it's, it's all it... greg should we listen and especially to... with friends you know the more you uh, can yeah. do this kind of music with friends and uh it's really uh it's re it's really where it's at should we have a like old school chamber music oh yeah <laughs> should we ever listen to you playing something yeah Yo, check this out. Yeah. Uh, shall I shall I talk about it or talk yeah. about it afterward? No. You've chosen Hotel Craziness, haven't you? Yeah, this is one of my favorite videos I, I ever made. I, I made it, uh, I was, you know, bored in a hotel room one day, and I set up my camera, and I made this, this crazy video. My eyes are all bugging out. It's called Hotel Craziness, uh, and it's still a hit. So I still play it for people, and if you don't know what I sound like, this is a pretty good example. So, Hotel Craziness, by the one and only Greg Patillo.
Oh, good gracious, Greg. That was fabulous. Hey, didn't I hear that on the BBC um, earlier this year or at the end of last year? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I went and did uh, Yolanda Brown's band jam uh, last summer. I think it just dropped uh, last February. And uh, yeah, that's what they wanted to hear. So, so I'm, not, I'm, not go- I'm not going that mad after all. No. Nah, age no. doesn't worry me totally. <laughs> Greg, Beatbox Flute Volume 1. You've been a bit previous, haven't you? You've, there's an expectation there of, of Volume 2 and more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a lot of ideas about that. Uh, so like I said, with Volume 1, I, I really had to only introduce a number of sounds, five sounds. But uh, there, there's a bunch of more kind of rhythmic and rhythmic ideas I'd like to put forward and a bunch of more sounds I'd like to put forward. Like I have a whole concept about doubles in sounds, um, which I didn't really talk about in the first book, but it's going to be up front and center in the next one. And this is something any flute player here can wrap their head around because chances are, if you're a flute player, you know about double tonguing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so you're thinking tucka, 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 or maybe dugga, 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 something like this. Um, And we can use these even with cymbal sounds and shaker sounds is something everyone at home right now could be doing. So instead of just tucka, 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 if you tweak the mouth a little bit and you add S after each sound, so ts and ts, ts and ks, you can get closed hi-hat double sticking. So And then with syncopation and accents, you can get a whole bunch of great rhythmic concepts from that. Okay, and then if you tweak that a little bit, instead of just T-S-K-S, you could do a shaker sound with C-H and K. So that's C-H and K. Not not that K, but more like Kit K. So we get... That sounds like a shaker. So now you can really... That's arguably very similar um, places in the mouth that I'm doing it from, you know, front of tongue, back of tongue, that's both exhaled. uh, And you can get uh, a whole ton of rhythmic play with that, especially when you incorporate the flute into that. But you also incorporate the voice and doing, do it as well, don't you? So you do the same sounds and put the voice in, you know, the voice I do a great. uh, So instead of, which is book, we can go, uh, you say, uh, you say that for me, JP? Uh, yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, uh, and then that's the bass. And then high up, you say, ish, 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 yeah. And so that's a really advanced concept. Even the, Kind of sounds like the didgeridoo stuff. Yep. And even the we got like buzzing of the lips, things like this. These are extra advanced concepts. Uh, also, the whole idea of 
um, I call it uh, closed system. Uh, I don't know if you circuit or breathe on the flute. It's a pretty good party trick. Yeah. Um, but also we do circuit or breathing concepts with beatboxing. So uh, if you can make noises in your mouth mm -hmm. while humming through your nose, that's a whole nother level too. So something like this. You taught me how to, so, you taught me how to circular breathe. Oh yeah, did I? <laughs> it was you. Yeah. Long time ago. Circular breathing is a is very interesting trick, you know. There's a I I suffer a lot of limitations with it, but I do it every time I play. I make sure to do it on stage every time I play. Mm. Uh and uh my my favorite trick is to get in front of kids and I say, "Okay, I can play a note for 30 seconds." You guys think I can do it? And they're like, okay. And they watch the clock. And then I don't tell them I'm circuit of breathing. And then two minutes later, they are freaking out of their mind. <laughs> and then I explain, ah, I pulled a fast one on you. Ha, 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 And then I explain the concept. But that's a, that's a pretty good party trick too. <laughs> so how, how far do you, you, do you expect to be able to take these books? Because you've got progression, haven't you? You've got book one, which is like your gentle introduction. This book, yeah, that's the book right. two is which you're thinking about now, which is obviously going to take it up to another level. It sounds like you've got book three already being yeah, so crystallized. Basically, yeah, book two is really going to deal with uh, uh, introduction to most of the sounds, uh, some vocal sounds, but I'm going to leave a lot of the closed system vocal stuff for book three because that's really kind of wonkish. Like you really have to be into it to want to learn those sounds. Um, but also I, I am really big into improvisation and I think that, um, it's a real disservice that students don't get a front row seat at the improvisation table. Um, I think anyone learning to play an instrument needs to learn all of the classics, needs to learn to read music, needs to learn how to do lessons, but they also need to learn how to do improvisation without fear in a, in a loving way. Uh, and I think that's important even to make these instruments um, a part of our daily life as society moves on, especially with electronics and things like this coming. So I'm really into improvisation. I want to write a whole book about jamming and about improvisation. And also beatbox flute sounds like instruments, but rhythm flute is playing the flute in a rhythmic way. Ah, yes. And so I have a whole book just about basic rhythm concepts. Uh, and I don't know if you use like a step sequencer, like an MPC or anything like mm -hmm. this, but your sense of rhythm, once you get off the written page and look at how electronic musicians are sequencing music, you can learn so much about rhythm for that. And all these patterns can pop in a totally different way, too. So I want to bring that to the table as well. What I'd like to mention about you is when I first heard you play live, you're like a drummer, a good drummer. You know, a good drummer that can keep the time is worth his weight in gold. Flute players, a lot of flute players, find, well, I would say many flute players, most flute players even find it hard to keep that rhythm when there's nothing behind them. You seem to be very accurate on the beat. Is that something that's always been there or you're just quite fastidious in the desire to be very precise? I'm going to have to say that my collegiate education really helped with this, specifically being I went to the Cleveland Institute of Music in Cleveland, Ohio, in the States, uh, and we had to take a Dalcro's Eurythmics class. Right. And it was always very early in the morning in a ballet studio 
no shoes or socks. Everyone was super sleepy because they just woke up or ran over to this class. And uh, I took uh, seven semesters of this class and all it was was rhythm, rhythm dictation, um, dealing with rhythms. The instructor played the piano and you'd have to deal with rhythmic patterns and how to manipulate them and how to write them on the board. They even had, he had one called the cosmic whole note where he would set the metronome at like five BPM, <laughs> you know, right? So like every 12 seconds, this note is popping <laughs> and everyone's just like inside themselves subdividing at their own pulse. And then just like a smattering of claps around this cosmic whole note. Um, but these rhythmic concepts, it paired rhythm and movement um, which is a very Dalcro's um, concept, if you're familiar with that. Yep. And uh, uh, and so doing this, I kind of took it for granted that everyone learned all these rhythmic concepts until I got out in the world and realized that we had a very special thing happening in Cleveland with those classes. Uh, and I learned a lot from those classes and use elements from those classes in the classes that I teach. And when you see me play, I'm very active. I like to move. And I learned long ago to throw movement into my hips. Yeah. Even if I'm doing long tone, long tone resolutions, I change the weight from hip to hip. And I think this can really help with rhythm. It's something maybe that I, you know, have always had, but probably I learned it. And I believe that everybody can learn to have solid rhythm. I, I, I'm guilty of that, Greg, is that I go fast, I go slow, I, I get excitable. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm envious of those that can keep the time, like yourself. Good, sir. Hey, man, there we go. Hey, well, <laughs> guys, everybody listening to this thing better start practicing with their metronome. That's step number one. And actually, if you don't like to use a metronome, uh, use some sampled beats. Yeah. Use drum, use drum machines. They can be way more interesting. And static metronome is kind of boring. If you can have like a downbeat, backbeat concepts, it makes it a lot, lot better. Right. If you're learning classical flute and you're wanting to experiment with beatboxing, the people that I've spoken to, the students, many, many thousand students over the years, say it actually improves their flute playing. How is that so? Is it because you're using the throat a lot and you're used to being having, having to have a throat that's open? Yeah, I think that dealing with extended techniques of any sorts just makes you start thinking about what's going on. When we play the flute, everything is behind our face. Yeah. You know, um, if you watch someone play a guitar, it's all out there. You can see everything their hands and fingers are doing, but on the flute, all of our magic is buried in us. And you can't even see yourself play when you play the flute. You got to use a mirror uh, and we get really great as flute players hearing other people's tone and being able to reconstruct physically what it would take to make that tone, you know, be it our teachers or the people we look up to. So anytime you're dealing with a change in air pressure or changing how open or closed your, your embouchure is, just thinking about these things will make the, the whole bit better and well-informed, you know? Uh, having a closed throat is terrible for classical musicians, for classical flute playing. But if you want to play funky flute, you need to learn how to artistically close your throat or you'll never be able to get funky. You can't just, 
be funky with an open diaphragmatic flute sound. You got to learn how to close it and kind of uh, there's a difference between uh, when we sing, there's head voice and chest voice. Yep. And I think that classical flute is chest voice flute playing, but jamming funky flute is head voice flute playing. So learning how to get tone while resonating in the head is the struggle then for the jamming flute player. Let's face it, if Bach and Mozart had been alive today, they'll be funky music, wouldn't they? They'll be really into that. Definitely. Those guys are the funkiest. And I might say crack improvisers. Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, those guys could sit around and just like whip up amazing music in the spur of the moment. Uh, it would be fun to pick their brains, huh? And yes. it would be very interesting to see what they'd be up to with uh, electronics and what's going on with that world today. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Would they be dudes, though? Would they be cats? Uh, why not? Definitely Mozart. <laughs> yeah, definitely Mozart. Mozart was the most bad attitude homie ever for composers, <laughs> if, if I understand the guy correctly. You know what I'm saying? Mozart. And Beethoven was a pretty cantankerous dude, too, but like... Uh, those guys would definitely be cats. They would definitely be playing at Ibiza. Ushuaia <laughs> <laughs> presents Mozart. <laughs> Greg, they would be killing it. Greg, reminder for everybody. I mean, they'll know where to find you. I know. All we've got to do is Google Greg Patillo. But remind people where they can find you online. You know, I'm really on Instagram. You are. That's my thing these days. Find me on Instagram. And uh, I'm at Patillo Style. That's yeah. kind of my moniker. It and that's is. two T's, two L's. P-A-T-T-I-L-L-O-S-T-Y-L-E. Uh, and that's where um, I'm, I'm always putting out little funny videos and things and doing all sorts of stuff on the Instagram. But I'm on Facebook. I got a website. Uh, I try to be professional with all that <laughs> stuff. So, um, But I tell you one thing, man, I'm on my phone every day. So if you're trying to be in touch with me, I'm trying to be in touch with you because I'm out there trying to talk about these styles of flute playing. I want you to be cool. And if you think playing the flute this way makes you cool, then we should be talking to one another because I'll, I'll help you on your journey. And as the New York Times says, probably the best per best person in the world at what he does, he is completely, totally approachable. And it doesn't matter whether you, do you know, no, no one, everyone listening to this won't know that. I've just paused for about three minutes, will they? No, that's a, that's all good. <laughs> no, I'm he, trying to be approachable. You are. And, yeah. and I'm out there on my own. You know, like people, if, if you want me out in your community, I give group lessons and lessons. I got a whole solo show. And I've got the time and resources now to be out there uh, traveling all over, playing. I got so much different music to play. I even play classical music in my set. And uh, I'm, I'm out there. And in I'm this, trying to be accessible. Yeah, and in this modern day of different types of music that you listen to online, different genres of music, classical music still has its place, but as musicians, classical musicians ourselves, sometimes we do limit what we wish to do with our instrument and just by expanding and by inviting people like you to come along to actually excite young players i think perhaps in the future flute playing you know, just like lizzo's doing now flute playing will just it, it will continue on the on the path of growth and that can only be a good thing i hear that yeah greg patillo my friend i think i've kept hey. you too long what time is it in new JP, york man nice Nice chatting with you. It's uh, 12.30. Ah, so not too early then, although probably too early for a, uh, a beatboxing cat like yourself. 
<laughs> nah, I'm a family man. Yeah. I've been up. <laughs> Thank you so much to Greg and to you too for listening. Don't forget to check out Greg's website resources at Patillo Style. That's P A T I L O Style.com. Next week, Claire gives a history of the flute. So until then, wishing you a musically fulfilling week ahead and may your interpretation be on point. And I don't mean sharp. <laughs> Goodbye. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.